Welcome to the Hope for the Hopeless Horse podcast, where we discuss things that help you identify the root cause of your horse's pain and behavioral problems. Hashtag Hope Restored. I'm Margaret and I am your host and today I thought we would talk about head shaking um, in general. Uh, It's a starting point anyways because I have a feeling I'm going to get sidetracked. But I made a post recently in the Hope for the Hopeless Horse Facebook group about head shaking uh, because it is something that I hear people talk about a lot and it's not often diagnosed by veterinarians, mostly because it's hard to tell like what the root cause is, right? Is this head shaking that your horse is exhibiting actually a case of, you know, a diagnosable issue, uh, aka uh, nerve damage, um, you know, or other issues that it could be, or is this just a functional problem? Um, or behavioral problem, you know, so a lot of times this isn't something that's diagnosed by veterinarians and I get people calling and saying, I have a head shaker, you know, can you, can you fix it? (laughs) And generally speaking, my answer is always going to be, I think so, maybe like, let's, let's track you, right? Um, Most of the time when people say like, is this fixable? Can you fix this? My answer is going to be, I don't know, right? Um, Because it's honest, because I have to get my hands on the horse. I can't just say for sure, but I can say that I've dealt with several head shakers and only one of them in, and also like realistically, uh, I work in a small area in Michigan. Um, I've seen a few hundred horses, but I, like in my practice, but I don't necessarily, you know, think that that's a huge sample, right? That's not a large number. So I can say, you know, I've healed significantly, large number of these horses and and only one of them but out of um the head shakers that i've seen in my practice um only one has actual diagnosable issues um and they still did not diagnose them as a head shaker because by the time they found those issues i had already worked out the head shaking so um it's it's an interesting pathology to say the least so excuse me sorry Most of the time when I see horses for head shaking, um, nobody likes this answer, but the problem is the saddle. Most of the time, the problem is the saddle. Most of the time, um, my clients do not have saddles that fit their horses. This is a huge problem. You know, um, part of, part of the problem is there's so little education around saddle fitting. Uh, so people just don't know what they don't know, which is fair. Um, the other half of the problem is a lot of clients that ride Western aren't even able to find a Western fitter. I don't know what the deal is. Um, a lot of English brands will actually have brand specific fitters. We all know that in the English world. And oftentimes we try and avoid those brand fitters because we're afraid that they're going to try and, you know, um, scam us into a saddle that really isn't best for our horse because it is their brand that they're selling, that they're representing. Um, I have not found that to be true with some of the amazing fitters that are in my area. Um, some of, not all of, right. But some of like the ones that I continue to interact with are the good ones that aren't going to force you into a brand saddle, um, and that got their training from a brand, but they are continuing their education, outside of that brand so that they can better help their clients because the good ones 
are concerned about the welfare of the horse above their commission, which I mean, yes, we all need to eat, (laughs) but when it comes down to it, I'm all about the horse. I'm all about trying to help the horse and, and the good fitters out there are doing the same thing. So, um, even when I was growing up in pony club, I was very educated about saddle fit. We talked about saddle fit. We talked about a lot of things involving saddles and what made a good fit and what wasn't. And we were taught things to look for in terms of, you know, making sure that there was wither clearance and that there was spine clearance and things like that. What we didn't really do though, was go beyond the textbook. We didn't have an educated fitter come in and explain that we're not just looking at quote unquote gullet width. We're not just looking at you know, spine clearance uh, in terms of how much height there is between the channel of the saddle and the spine itself, but also in width and, and space to clear the transverse processes of the, the spine on either side um, so that we are not sitting on bones, but we are in fact sitting on muscle. We didn't talk about, you know, matching angles to the shoulder, um, the tree angles to the shoulder to make sure that not only was the saddle wide enough, but the angles matched the muscle. So we didn't end up with pressure points, right? We didn't talk about a lot of those things. We also didn't talk about the balance of the saddle. So here's one for um, everyone. <laughs> you guys, if, if you're, if you're taking lessons, um, or maybe you ride with a friend and there somebody comments on the fact that you look like you're sitting in a chair. You're riding in a chair seat. Your instructor is constantly nagging you to get your legs back underneath you and sit forward. Like, let's go. Let's do that, right? Like, they're just on you about it. It very well could be your saddle is out of balance. I see this a lot. A lot. Um, one of the horses that I currently own was actually, you know, he's was quote unquote diagnosed with a lot of issues and they thought that he was not going to be usable. Um, but one of the biggest problems I noticed when I went to go look at him to purchase him was that he was being ridden in a saddle that didn't fit him. It it was so, um, pommel high that it was like his rider had to struggle to keep her position. And it's not your fault. We all want to hear that. This is one of those times where I get to say that your position is not your fault if your saddle is not appropriately balanced. So what that means is that the lowest part of the saddle should be sitting over the lowest part of your horse's spine and the cantle and the pommel should be relatively level. Okay. And I say relatively because the cantle naturally is a taller, um, part of the saddle. And obviously same thing, like with Western, you're going to be closer to level. Um, but it's, it's a whole thing. Like the seat should be level. Okay. So don't expect that your pommel is going to exactly match the level of your cantle or that your horn will match the level of your cantle. But the overall look is one of level balance. One of the ways that you can tell if you have a level and balanced saddle is where do your stirrups hang? When you are standing, um, to the side of your horse, and looking at their whole broadside, where is your saddle hanging? Or your, I'm sorry, your stirrup leather hanging? Is your stirrup hanging perpendicular to the ground? Or is it leaning a little bit to the front? Or leaning a lot of it to the back, right? Like, that is going to indicate to you if your saddle is balanced or not. And I know, we've got off on a tangent. I told you we'd probably get off on a tangent today. I'd probably go down a rabbit hole or two. Um, <clears throat> but this is huge, 
when it comes to head shaking. Um, not just balance of saddle, but definitely width. Okay. Um, and, and a lot, like I've seen both. I've seen people think that they need a wider saddle when in fact their saddle is too wide. And I've seen people think that they need a more narrow saddle when in fact their saddle is too narrow. And the reason they think they need more narrow is because their horse is actually atrophied in the wither pocket. So that, um, trapezius muscle right behind the uh, the scapula there, those muscles there, it's, it's more than just the trapezius, but there's not supposed to be pressure on most of the trapezius. Okay. And the, your tree point should be sitting towards the back of that and making contact just at the bottom portion of that, um, just below that. And <clears throat> those muscles there often are atrophied due to too much pressure of the saddle, which very well can be because your saddle is not balanced as well as too narrow. Um, or you've got too much padding. That's the other thing, guys. Padding is not just something that we do. Like, ideally, you don't need pads. If your saddle is properly fitted, now Western is a little bit different because <clears throat> you don't have any padding really on your tree besides the fleece. But with English especially, you should be able to ride without a pad and it not be uncomfortable to your horse. The pad should truly be there to protect the leather, not your horse's back. Okay, <laughs> the, the saddle itself is supposed to protect your horse's back. Um, so if it's properly fitted, we should not be adding more padding. <clears throat> so how does this play into head shaking? How, how is all the saddle stuff playing into head, head shaking? Um, well, it's pretty simple. You know, when we, especially when we're talking about too narrow, like that makes sense. Something's pinching, but I'm not talking about like somebody walks up to you and pinches your skin. I'm talking about a compression of soft tissue a pressure point that digs in to the soft tissue and causes damage, muscle damage, um, <clears throat> fascia damage, nerve damage. Okay. So this can actually interact with the nerves, compress the nerves and cause permanent damage for sure. Um, it can also, um, suppress and damage the uh, sweat glands in that area as well which is obviously not ideal. Um, so when we're talking about all this potential damage and this compression, um, we compress also ligaments. Ligaments and nerves that control head movements that are a part of, um, you know, your horse being able to move their head up and down. And that is where we can come into head shaking with saddle fit problems. Now, the horse that I actually... Um, there's actually a couple um, horses that I have solved this particular problem with where they're head shaking and everybody thinks it's a head shaking problem. Really, it's a saddle fit problem. And I can tell you that um, they were lucky because they had been using this ill-fitting saddle for, I think, like the one in particular that I'm thinking of, I think was five plus years. Uh, however, um, it was a show saddle. So they weren't riding in it all the time. So that was lucky. Um, but... You know, it's really interesting too. And people don't often put all this together. So this is that whole fine. How do you find the root cause? Um, <clears throat> sometimes it just takes a little bit of forethought, right? Like, and connecting the dots. When does your horse head shake? Is it only in a particular saddle? Is it only while you're going, only while you're trotting, only while you're cantering? Um, or is it all the time? Is it in any saddle? Because that is also a possibility. You can cause enough damage to cause sensitivity that is going to be there no matter what saddle you put on. So if this is a saddle fit problem, please also understand that you can't rule that out without someone, without someone like me coming out and addressing 
the muscle and the soft tissue, okay? You cannot just take a saddle off a horse and be like, well, if this saddle is the problem, then I'll put the other saddle on and the, and the problem will be gone. Sadly, that is not how that works, okay? Because the damage is already done. Even if it's not going to be lasting damage, even if this is going to be something that we can repair, it's going to be something that we have to address completely. And that means generally three massages in about two weeks and we'll get an idea of what's going on with the soft tissue. I can tell you that I have solved this problem in one session of massage, okay? Um, the head shaking stops after one session, that does not heal the tissue, does not solve the overall problem. Because again, if you've got issues like the atrophy behind the withers, um, and most horses do have other issues, it's not just one thing, right? It's many. Um, but we will know pretty quickly, like three massages in 14 days, I can tell you yes or no. This is either a soft tissue issue that we think that we have um, solved and now we can rectify the saddle fit issue or the hoof angle issue or whatever else is playing into this problem we can address that. Um, if, if the problem is still severe at three out of, you know, three massages in 14 days, if the problem is still severe, then we know that there's an underlying issue that is not soft tissue related, generally speaking. Um, this could be pinched nerves. This could be permanent nerve damage. This could be any number of things, but it's not soft tissue, right? Um, so the other issues that, um, that could be causing head shaking. So one that's actually pretty simple um, and a little bit out there is allergies. Uh, so if you notice more, and sometimes people do, people are like, well, duh, but put two and two together. Sure, great. If you notice, if you put two and two together, that's great. But I want to bring this up because I personally have suffered from allergies most of my life. I did find a supplement that helped to balance my um my gut enzymes and that actually reduced and eliminated most of my allergy symptoms most of the time. However, the weird thing, like I have quote unquote seasonal allergies. Um, when I was a kid, uh, I would experience the worst allergies in the fall. Okay. In the spring, they wouldn't be so bad, but I, I could tell there was a shift in the spring. Okay. Um, so much so that my stepdad would like ask me, have you started taking your allergy medicine yet? And he would then start the horses on theirs <laughs> because I was the, I was the allergy temperature. Um, so <clears throat> I'm very familiar with what it is like to have allergies. And I can tell you that this year, especially, um, I have had allergy symptoms and benefited from allergy medication already this year in February. Okay. So perhaps you haven't put two and two together and you're like, it's not allergies because it happens in the winter. But here's the thing. It depends on what the allergy is. It depends on the concentration of that item, you know, especially <clears throat> for horses um, that are stalled or that are in indoor arenas that get a little dusty in the winter because we're not watering them down. Um, <clears throat> for horses that are exposed to dusty hay from time to time, but not all the time, right? Like, you can't necessarily rule out an allergy, but I can tell you the head shaking absolutely does impact or is a result of, I should say, is a result of allergies. <clears throat> um, so I have a client who had like several issues. He had, he was like the perfect storm of head shaking. Thank God. Um, the massage really helped him and the other things that his owner does because he also has, um, UV sensitivity that would cause his head shaking and allergies that would, well, we won't say cause, but, um, contribute to his head shaking. All those things contributed and 
luckily, you know, the massage took most of it away. And as long as he is medicated during allergy season and wears his UV um, protection fly mask out in the summer, he's in good shape. Those are things that you might not put two and two together on that totally could be causing your horse's head shaking. Um, <clears throat> other things, headaches. 100% headaches. And headaches, again, this can be a um, compression. This can be a misalignment. This can be, um, you know, soft tissue alone or contributed to from the skeleton and skeletal alignment. And also allergies and guttural pouches. And there's like so much that can go into this. Um, one of the number one things that I would recommend is as you're trying to rule things out, right? always like my recommendations are always going to be call a massage therapist first. Um, obviously I think we've talked about this. If you go back a few episodes, we talked about who you're going to call. Um, and you know, there's, there's some common sense here. Like, is your horse running a fever? Call the veterinarian. Is your horse gushing blood? Call the veterinarian. Um, but if you're trying to troubleshoot something, uh, a, a good, a good certified equine sports massage therapist, um, or future intuitive, uh, equine body worker. If you are taking the intuitive equine body work certification that I just launched this year, um, either way, those types of, um, therapists are going to be able to help you rule out what's going on because they are going to, to address your saddle fit. They are going to ass assess how your horse is moving and they're going to ask you a lot of questions. One of the most powerful things that I, um, that I do in my work and that I have my practitioners that are going through the certification learn to do is to be the person that just takes in all the information and kind of analyzes that and, and steps back and gets to be the person to look at the big picture and ask more questions about what's really going on here. Because so often, you know, as owners, like, and this is a thing with my own horses too, guys, like I have this problem, even with all the information that I have inside my brain, I still do this with my horses where I overthink, I get too emotionally wound up and involved and I miss things, right? Because with our own horses, sometimes we are just so lost in the forest um, that we can't identify what all the trees are. So we are literally like missing the trees around us amongst, you know, in the forest amongst them all. Um, and so getting that different perspective is really helpful. So I always am going to recommend getting out a massage therapist that has a lot of, you know, this kind of information where we can assess all of these things and figure out like what, what are the contributing factors here? Um, so with head shaking specifically, you're going to want somebody that has some cranial sacral, um, background you know, it doesn't necessarily, here's, here's the problem. Here's my caveat to this. Um, you know, there are equine cranial sacral therapists and they are amazeballs. Um, one of the, one of my friends, <clears throat> Leanne, um, who practices in Canada, actually, um, up by Saskatoon, actually Rose Valley specifically, if you need, um, if you need services up there, this is my shout out to Leanne. Um, you can connect with me and just let me know where you're located and I will, shoot you um, to Leanne. And I could be off a little bit in my location, but those are the places that she mentions when we talk. So anyway, um, <laughs> um, she get me get in touch with me and I can put you in touch with Leanne. Leanne went through um, cranial sacral training first, cranial sacral unwinding. And I think it's very powerful. I also have a, a cranial sacral certification. Um, it's a very powerful modality. However, it's completely different to have that be a tool in your toolbox versus have that be your toolbox, 
right? Um, and that is something that I know that Leanne can attest to because she started with cranial sacral unwinding and then pursued uh, equine sports massage as an additional certification to add tools to the toolbox. Um, so that would be, you know, that's ideal. And that is also why I do kind of touch on all of the side modalities in my certification program. I don't certify you in all of them. I just kind of give you the overview and what to expect and a few key moves that I use a lot, um, you know, so that the practitioners that come through my certification program are going to be very well-rounded because when you're dealing with head shaking, like I've said, this is going to be something that could have a lot of different, um, causes a lot of different contributing factors and so the more of those contributing factors that we can address in a session obviously the better off your horse is going to be I can tell you that um for the horses that I have seen with head shaking where saddle fitting was not the main contributing factor um I have used cranial sacral therapy and red light therapy in addition to general massage practices and seen really good results. The trickiest cases are the ones that um, have to do with spinal nerves. <coughs> Excuse me. The spinal nerve cases are the trickiest because there's a lot of stuff going on there. Um, and being not a veterinarian and not having the tools to know what's going on. Um, I have worked with some where the veterinarians have been really upfront and really great about working with me so that I understand exactly what's going on with these cranial nerves. Um, but in cases where the owner's just like, oh, they had a nerve compression and we injected it. I'm like, sweet. I don't know which one. I don't know what it's contributing. Like, <laughs> you know, um, now the ones that I am aware of, <clears throat> I can tell you that there's a, a lot of contributing factors, right? Um, so those cases can be really tricky, but generally speaking, as long as we don't have a actively irritated nerve, um, which usually when they start to get symptoms, uh, I have to say like, I'm going to do my work. If we don't see results, we're going to need to go to the vet because I can only do so much. Right. Um, so having the ability though to do cranial sacral therapy in addition to massage um, especially when we're dealing with cervical nerves is priceless having a tool like a red light is also priceless because the red light helps us penetrate deeper through layers of soft tissue and get to the root of the problem and really increase the circulation and induce some healing there um, without heat without um, pressure without having to get digging in because the nerve is already irritated if we are seeing um, compression, head shaking, or um, sometimes they rub their nose a lot. You know, if they're acting, if we can see that they are acting out, if they are having symptoms, then the nerve is likely irritated. So it's sensitive. I don't want to be digging in there. I don't be working deep around that. I don't really want to be working around it at all, right? I want to relieve the tension. So I like having the red light and I like having the option of cranial sacral therapy because it is a much gentler, um, even no touch um, kind of modality. So it really allows us to get the work done without having to be invasive at all. And that is what it takes to deal with some of these nerve-related um, head shaking cases. The other thing that you should consider <clears throat> and ask maybe your vet about, um, if you think your horse is dealing with maybe headaches is TMJ tension. Um, and 
yes, you're like, as a massage therapist, I can be like, yeah, that's really tight there. Older, reactive there. Uh, but the one thing that I can't do is tell you if they have arthritic changes, right? If they've got bony changes going on in their TMJ, that absolutely can be contributing to their head shaking because their head is uncomfortable. And, you know, I think that's important to note too. There's going to be different types of shaking, right? When we're talking about head shaking, it depends on the person. Some people mean quick, short, jolting movements, which is generally typical of head shaking. Other people mean like kind of a head tossy shake, like how do we use words to describe this? It just looks a little bit different. It's not so jerky. It doesn't look so, um, what's the word? I don't want to say impulsive, but, um, involuntary, involuntary. It doesn't look so involuntary. Um, and that type of head shaking is usually the result of actual headaches. So we had a racehorse, um, many, 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 many moons ago. Um, this is actually the elusive thunder <laughs> that thunder. The reason that I named lightning lightning, um, thunder had headaches, TMJ tension specifically, um, knowing what I know now, he probably had a little bit of, uh, imbalance in his cranial bones, which is also something that cranial sacral can address. Um, but he got this chronic TMJ tension. And so we eventually picked up on it. He shook his head all the time. We tried all kinds of things. We tried earplugs. We tried, you know, restraints and things that just were silly and didn't work until finally we went ahead and got him a massage therapist and he would get a massage on race day. And it was always focused on his head. It was always work around his TMJs. And, uh, yeah, what do you know? Problem solved. So if your horse is shaking their head all the time and you're leaning towards a behavioral issue, I urge you to consider that your horse has a headache, you know, and this is something to consider as well. If your horse is generally head shy, doesn't like to put on a halter and doesn't want to wear a bridle, this is not the only answer, but it can be an answer. And I mean, can't we all relate to that? Like if you've ever had a migraine and you've tried to push through, um, it doesn't really work. You don't listen to people. You don't pay attention to what people are asking of you. You start to get short and cranky um, because you just can't function at your best. Same for your horse. And, you know, they don't understand like, oh, I have a headache. Like, oh, I have sinus pressure. Oh, you know, biometric changes. They don't understand that. So what you get is a horse that is shaking their head because their head hurts, right? So those are all things to consider with head shaking. Um, you know, things to think about. I'm sure there's more. Feel free to, um, you know, there's a, there's a spot here in Spotify where you can actually put in uh, a question. Feel free to ask that question. Feel free to get in touch with me with your questions. Um, there is a link in the show notes that will take you to my, uh, quote unquote link tree. It's not link tree. I don't know what else you would call it. My directory, my page, <laughs> for my website that will give you options to contact me and um, other information like that. And you're more than welcome to get in touch and ask a question there. Or, or if you have not yet, and you can also find this on that webpage that is linked in the show notes, um, join the Facebook group, Hope for the Hopeless Horse Facebook group. Feel free to search that on Facebook, join the group. Um, there is plenty of opportunity there to ask questions, to post pictures of your horse and get my opinion on what is going on posturally with them and, you know, just contribute to the community because we are all here to support the horse and 
that's how we do it is as a community we learn together and we grow together and we be better for the horse so that's all i have for you today and i will chat with y'all for more hope for your horse hit the subscribe button and then head over to margaretparsons.com and remember hope is a mindset not a set of circumstances hashtag hope restored